the crew all season long on WTMJ. It's Brewers Extra Innings. Now live from the Annex Wealth Management Studios in downtown Milwaukee at the Avenue. Here is your host, Dominic Catronio. When we talked about Murphy's Law last night, I didn't expect Pat Murphy to be managing this game when Murphy's Law was happening in front of us at Oracle Park. What a weird day. What? What? What just happened? The Brewers have lost eight in a row. They lose four to one. That's not how I'm going to start the program today. I want to preface this. My name is Dominic Catroni. Hello, welcome in. Thanks for joining us. I want to start with just a plea, and I want to emphasize at the very front of this that don't twist my words when I'm about to say umpires have the hardest job in sports. Truly, especially. Home plate umpires. So much so, Craig Council has been warning us since day one of spring training. The home plate umpire has way too much on his plate. Has way too much on this plate. We are asking the home plate umpire to make too many calls. So think about it for a second here. With the new rules, with the new pitch clock and everything, if I am the home plate umpire and you are the pitcher and you are getting ready to come set, you're looking in for the signal. I have to make sure that you are not set until the batter is looking up at you, but I also have to make sure the batter is looking up before eight seconds, okay? So that's two calls I've already got to make there. Now the pitcher comes set. I've got to wait, 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 wait. Did he get that off in time? I think he got it off in time. That's three calls I have to make before the pitch is even thrown, okay? Now the pitch is thrown. Is that a ball? Is that a strike? Is that a check swing? Is that a fair ball? Is that a foul ball? Then the actual gameplay stuff happens. So every single pitch in a game, you're going to see 300 pitches a game, right? Now you're making 700 calls a night, 800 calls a night based on pitch clock, based on ball strike, based on timing. This is ridiculous. And what you end up seeing is days like today where the game speeds up on the umpires and everybody looks bad. Major League Baseball knew this was coming. They knew they were asking a lot of their umpires. Baseball has known about these rule changes since last September. And what have they done? They have only made it more difficult for the umpires, adding loopholes in the middle of spring training for them to enforce. We find another loophole today. A guy makes a mistake. He gets flustered, and everything blows up. This is how hard the job is. It looks worse than it's actually happening. And... Yet the base umpires have all this going on. We're trying to figure out disengagement. We're trying to figure out the clock. Did he step off in time? How many mound visits are remaining? This is the pot that started to get a little spoiled by too many ingredients. Major League Baseball needs to sit down with his umpires and figure out how can they make their lives easier. Remember, we saw the exodus of veteran umpires right before the season began. They saw the writing on the wall. They saw how hard this was going to be to enforce this season. They say, you know what? I'm good. Good luck with the new guys. And here are the new guys having their hands full. I feel bad for these umpires. I truly do. It is so hard to call a game in today's world. And today, David Rackley, Jeremy Riggs, the game sped up on you. Chris Guccione, you didn't put your foot down as a crew chief. The game sped up on all of them. And Edwin Moscoso was just chilling there at second base like, wait, what did I do wrong? This was a tough game to swallow. The Brewers did not lose this game because of the umpires. Again, do not twist my words. Because if the rest of that at-bat went out, 
Rowdy ended up walking. He put runners on first and second, and we move on. Okay, ball doesn't lie, right? But if you're unclear of what I'm talking about, in the fourth inning when Craig Council was ejected from today's game, there was a disagreement on how many disengagement starter Alex Cobb had. I explained it briefly on my Twitter, but in case you don't follow me there, here's the Cliff Notes version. Runner on first base, nobody out. Before the at-bat begins, Alex Cobb's looking in for the signal. He briefly steps off, and as he's stepping off, the home plate, the, the catcher, Joey Bart, calls time and runs out for a mound visit. There was confusion. Does that count as a disengagement, even though the catcher is running out for a mound visit? The umpires signaled one. You'll notice they put their hands down, and they point with their fingers how many disengagements that counts as. All right? Anything counts as a disengagement. Just stepping off and wiping your face with the sweat, that counts as a disengagement. You don't necessarily have to throw to the bases. But the confusion here was because of the mound visit, does that negate the fact that there was a disengagement? I was always under the impression that, yes, when you take a mound visit, if the pitcher is stepping off and you're taking that mound visit, I was under the impression that does not count as a disengagement. But you can see where it gets cloudy in the rule. If I'm the pitcher and I'm leaning in for the signal and I don't disengage with the runner and my catcher calls time and runs out for a mound visit, that's obviously not a disengagement. Whereas if I'm leaning in for the sign like we saw today, I briefly step off and in that motion... The catcher is running out to make a visit. Does that count as a disengagement? We don't have a clear answer on that. And that's what happened in the fourth inning. So then two pickoffs happened to to first base. They continue to signal, hey, that's number two. And on the third one, when they didn't get the call, Jeremy Wiggs was, hey, that's three. He gets to go to second base. And then the home plate umpire, David Rackley, comes in. No, 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 no. We, we took one off there, remember? And Jeremy Rick's like, what are you talking about? We took one off. And that's when everything exploded. That's when you see the tweets of lip reading of what Craig Council said to the home plate umpire and to crew chief Chris Guccione. There's some expletives in there that I can't say on radio. But I, I'm making an impassioned plea for two things. Can we please find a way to make it easier on these umpires? Either A, actually have an umpire upstairs to help things out whether it be on the air, over the PA, or somebody that they can go to on their headsets on the field, say, are we implementing this right right now? Or even just call New York for that matter. Are we doing this right right now? Just get that confirmation. If you're complaining that's going to slow down the game, I want to make sure we get the call right. Okay? Because this is now going to be an example used by the rest of Major League Baseball moving forward. It's unfortunate it had to happen in this game. But now this loophole has been discovered, and it needs to be clear across the board. And number two, can we please, please use the microphone that the umpires have to explain what the heck is going on? Further yet, on every disengagement, make the announcement. Disengagement one, click. Disengagement two, click. Now everybody knows. You don't have to do this subtle hand thing or anything like that. Let's try to be as transparent and as clear as possible. Baseball is in the dust when it comes to how they explain their rules to people. And with my rant at the beginning saying baseball has known this has been coming since last September, and you have had all this time to plan for when stuff hits the fan like it did today, to have somebody there, hey, you know, uh, uh, an actual official to explain what is going on. That is all we're asking for, clarity and transparency. I'm looking forward to the day we get it, and I hope today is the day that it accelerates. I hope you agree with that rant. I am not trying to absolutely chastise these umpires. They have a hard job. And today, 
The game sped up on them, and we saw what happens. But the game is speeding up on them. Baseball knew it was coming, and they have not made their lives easier. We need to find a middle ground. <sighs> Thank you. Thanks for letting me get on my soapbox there. Craig Kishon is going to join us in a little bit. We're going to talk about the game that actually happened here as well. Brewers fall 4-1. to one. If you want to join in, it's 855-616-1620. Again, 855-616-1620. That's the old National Bank talking text line. Old National Bank. Get old. Uh, a couple of texts have already rolled in here as well. This one from Josh. It's difficult to find something positive about this team's play right now. I can't help, help but go here tonight. The umpires made a mess of the game in every way imaginable. If we can manage to win tomorrow, I'll take it and hope that helps coming home and turn something around. I just went on the umpires, but I'm I'm with you. I'll just take one win at this point, Josh. We'll see what happens coming up tomorrow. But we're going to talk about the game at hand after the breather. want to remind you that Brewers Extra Innings is brought to you by Fifth Third Bank with a local Milwaukee team. Fifth Third also knows how to hit it out of the park. They've been serving businesses in the area for nearly 15 years, offering industry-specific expertise and local decision-making capabilities to help your business succeed. This is commercial banking value only Fifth Third can deliver. Fifth Third Bank, National Association, member FDIC. All right, just getting rolling. It's good Brewers, Brewers Extra Innings rolling on after this. Brewers fall four to one. They have lost six games in a row. They are now eighteen and fifteen. The Giants improve to fifteen and seventeen. I'm Dominic Catronio. This is Brewers Extra Innings. Eight five five six one six one six twenty. Again, eight five five six one six one six twenty. The old National Bank talking text line. Old National Bank, get old. This one from Doug. I said last night they could lose eight in a row, hoping I was wrong. But this is not looking good. This team looks dead. I like Council's fire tonight, but it didn't help. I still say some kind of set lineup would help. There has to be more consistency. There is no flow. I'm glad you brought that up there, Doug. There's just a couple of observations I had in today's game that I was maybe surprised by, and maybe it's a sign of things to come. We broke down that different lineup that we had uh, against the lefty yesterday, and like, wow, uh, Contreras leading off, Yelich batting cleanup, and all this sort of crazy stuff we saw in that. They're trying stuff different, right? So today, with a lefty on the mound in in uh, uh, Taylor Rogers, of course, Brewers know him, they still kept Christian Yelich in the box. They still kept Jesse Winker in the box, and they still kept Rowdy Telez in the box. Now, I know Rowdy's been playing a lot against lefties lately. Yelich has been playing against lefties all year. But Jesse Winker drawing a walk against a lefty, he's barely been playing against lefties. And, you know, the thought is with Luke Voigt, I know he has reverse splits, but he was brought here to hit against lefties. Is the tide slowly starting to turn, and the Brewers starting to believe that, you know what, the best way for us to provide is for the main bats of Winker and Telez, and you can even throw a terrain to a certain extent into that uh, as well to say, look, these guys need to get consistent ABs. These guys cannot be platooned. I personally am wondering... You know, do you is it worth it to platoon your young core? I mean, we saw them platooning Garrett Mitchell. We saw them platooning uh, Bryce Terang so far in the young season. Is it worth it to platoon these guys so young they never face adversity when facing a left-handed pitcher? So that's something I'm questioning and starting to figure out what's going on. I would ask questions about that when they come back home this week, but that's just something I'm keeping an eye on throughout the next week or two weeks or so of what the personnel will be looking like against Southpaws from here on out. I do want to give a shout-out to Colin Ray because Colin Ray, yes, he get, he made two mistakes tonight, maybe three, if you want to get a little more specific. The obvious mistakes, 
the RBI double by Joey Bart, and then the uh, two-run homer by Tyro Estrada. Aside from that, he was brilliant. I think the other mistake he made, though, was the two-out walk to Michael Conforto in the second inning. And we can break this down a little bit deeper with Craig Kashan joining us now here on Brewers Extra Innings. Craig, we talked about it plenty watching this game together. You know, the Conforto walk with two outs and then the double down the line, yes, it's a tough double, yes, it took a bad bounce, but the real issue, in my opinion, was walking a guy with two outs and almost always is going to burn you. Yeah, no question about that. Um, it, I mean, it's just, you know, a cardinal rule not to do that, right? I mean, but, it you know, it happened, and then you got to figure out a way to, to get that, that last out. But that's also part of what's been happening during this losing streak as well. There were several times in yesterday's game, um, you know, that the Brewers couldn't get that, that you know, that third strike or that, that third out. Um, and and absolutely. I mean, and, and when that stuff keeps happening, Dom, it, it's hard to keep – it's almost hard to keep your, you know, your chin up and say, you know, it's okay. We got a lot of game left here. But they're in their first big major slump of the season. And, you know, when you haven't literally won a game in over a week, you feel it. And and when little things don't go your way and you you know what you need to do and you can't get it done at the right time, like you're talking about here, um, it, it just grows in frustration. There's just no question about it. What do you make of Craig Council, the ejection, his second of the season? Do you think there is a little bit more there other than just arguing about the disengagement calls? Absolutely. I mean, I. Um, I've, I've been covering this team for over 20 years. I, I've known Craig with, uh, you know, both his his player stints that he had in his career before he managed, started managing here and, you know, been here during his whole time as manager. He's not going to get out on the field unless there is a purpose to do it. And, you know, 99% of the time for him, it's been to defend his team, to defend, you know, the rules of the game. And we saw all of that today, but we saw, I think, another version of him um, being kind of an old school manager trying to protect his team, trying to uh, light a fire, perhaps, uh, for his team as well. I've never seen him stay on the field for as long as he did um, arguing with the umpires and, and uh, you know, being as passionate about the point that, you know, he wanted to make and, and where his team is right now. Um, and that and that's what umpire I mean, that's what managers do when they argue with umpires. They you know, they're gonna go out on the field and if there's something going on that he thinks can spark this team, you know, hopefully that we're gonna see that. And when he left, finally, we saw the Brewers load up the bases. It was the only time in this entire game that they were able to do that. They didn't score, but they did something to to get on base. You hope that somehow he engaged his team through all the disengagements that weren't tracked uh, for real. Uh, so, yeah, I saw definitely more from him in this one for sure. In the words of Stan Van Gundy, hey, Craig's spitting right now, man. Craig's spitting. You're, you're, Absolutely. you're on it there. You got, hey, I could talk about Stan, too. I, I covered him when he was over here in Madison, my friend. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Hey, so, I mean, you brought up the bases loaded in the fourth. The only other time the Brewers had multiple base runners was the ninth inning. And 
there was life, but not enough life, of course, with those walks there in the final frame to try to get something going. And Yelich gave it a ride, but it just wasn't quite enough. The wrong ballpark to do that sort of thing in. What's it? I mean, I talked about it in pregame today that it just feels like the Brewers need to get a lead and sustain it and like, like a rally, not hitting home runs, right? Where, you know, the, the finale in Colorado was three solo homers and that was really it. They want to rally. They want doubles. They want bases low. They want sustained pressure. We just haven't seen that kind of team. We haven't seen that sort of offensive attack as of late. A lot of just one and done ground ball double play. And it's just a, a true eight game losing streak. It is a funk for the offense. Yeah, I mean, you mentioned uh, you used the the right word, and that is attack. And it's been you know lack thereof, unfortunately, for their offense. Um, and I mean, we we brought this up too before we went on the air today, Dom. It, it just just from the standpoint of once in a while, you have to you know tip your cap to the to the pitcher during a losing streak. It's hard to do that sometimes um especially the deeper you get in but th- this is one alex cobb pitched really well i mean the brewers had six hits in the game they were all singles i mean you're just not going to win many games that way at all and you're not going to produce a lot of rallies you're not going to produce a lot of energy uh when you can't get more than that um you can't have a big inning uh normally with just singles we all know that um and so they're they're just lacking a lot of that attack and that power mode here right now. And they'll get it eventually. Um, you certainly hope it's going to happen as soon as tomorrow. Um, but they're you know they're they're lacking a little of viciousness here right now. And um, you know maybe unleash the anger type of offense. And and um, we'll, we'll see it eventually. But it it hasn't been around for more than a week and it's it's growing into a frustrating uh, situation for sure needless to say we're going to have our difference making moment coming up next 855-616-1620 again 855-616-1620 one texter asking can you just tell me everything will be fine please the smiling tear just please we just all want we all just want a hug right now i think we just want to see a, a w in the win column right now we're gonna break this game down a little bit deeper in the next segment don't go anywhere this is brews extra innings right now when it rains it pours for the brewers they've lost eight in a row today's final four to one at least it wasn't a shutout I'm Dominic Catronio. Craig Kishan is with us. Right now it's time for our difference-making moment of the game, brought to you by Annex Wealth Management. Annex Wealth Management's different, not driven by commission sales or pushing financial products you may not actually need, but it's for elite, comprehensive financial planning customized to who you are and what you need. Contact Annex Wealth Management. Know the difference. AnnexWealth.com. Craig, we, we I know we already have different ones, but I want you to go first with your difference-making moment. Uh, well, these these are hard to come by sometimes uh, during losing streaks like this. But uh, I, I'm going to kind of tip my cap turning point moment for Colin Ray because I think he's really, for the most part, done a really uh, wonderful job uh, trying to be successful in a in a tough role, uh, almost like a late ask here because of the injuries to the pitching staff. Uh, but he's he's done an admirable job. He gave up a, a two-run home run in the third inning, so the Brewers trailed three nothing early in that third inning, Dom. And then and then right after that, gave up a, a base hit. And then 
bared down and did get the final outs needed in that third inning. But beyond that, after he gave up the single after the home run, he retired 11 straight uh, before he exited the game after six innings. And I, I, I just think that's, you know, noteworthy uh, for a guy that said, you know what? Yeah, sorry, guys, I gave up a two-run home run, but it's only three to nothing, and I'm going to make sure it stays that way as long as I'm in the game. That's what I liked about what he did uh, in this one today. So that's a turning point moment. Give your team a chance to get back in this game. Colin Ray did his job the last two starts, a quality start, uh, and yet he gets two losses uh, against the Angels and now here against the Giants. My difference-making moment was going back to the seventh inning, right? The Brewers are still very much in this game. It's 3 nothing. They get a leadoff infield. Lucky hit from Bryce Terang, right, with that weird play with Cobb trying to field the ball. Might have gone foul. Who knows? But then on the very next pitch, Owen Miller grounded into a 4-6-3 double play. Now, Owen Miller had a, you know, a, has had a good road trip with a couple of singles, including an RBI single in the ninth today. But, man, you got a guy with over 100 pitches under his belt, and he's swinging at the first pitch, and he grounds it straight to the second baseman. I understand he hit it well, but at the same time, it's like, hey, this is how rallies form. Little dribblers up the line that you get a gift on. Try to make it hurt, and the Brewers just simply couldn't make anything hurt today anytime they had a little crack in the door they couldn't crack it open yep and that's uh that's a sign of you know impatience probably when you know when things aren't going your way and you're in a losing streak like this and you know sometimes you got to be uh, patient at times as we all know that's how the game of baseball works but uh certainly in that case you're going uh it's only, you know, it's only a three nothing game, and uh, and you know any little thing here, if they can string something together, and then hope for a big pop, and and that uh, did not happen in today's game. Now I, I want to have a test a theory with you here. This is a theory I've been kicking around the last couple of days, and I, I'm ready to run with it publicly now. I'm looking at the root of the Brewers' problems. Yeah, there's you know flaws in maybe the bullpen or flaws in the amount of consistent power in this lineup, but I think there's some energy missing. And more specifically, there's been energy missing back to a certain day, the day that Garrett Mitchell was injured. And the Brewers, since that first West Coast trip, they have not been the same team. And I'm ready to circle the day that Garrett Mitchell got hurt, all of his clubhouse energy, now that that is gone has been the day that started this slow slide for the Brewers. He was that guy with the positive attitude every day, helping shouldering the load with Willie Adamas, a guy that could change the, the game with his bat or his glove or his wheels. And that is surely, sorely being missed right now. Yeah, I mean, that's a good point because, you know, when he was called up last year, uh, the big label for him from the front office on down uh, to the guys that that knew him, you know, from spring training or spent some time, you know, back in back in the minors rehabbing, they all said this guy um, is electric. He brings energy. He's going to spark this team. And and we saw it, you know, in his five weeks on the big league club last year. But um, and we saw it right out of the gates as well before the injury. And I've been thinking about that too, Dom. You know, just the fact that he is missing. Um, and, and he is not going to play the rest of the season. Just the effect, too, that it has on a guy like Joey Weimer and Bryce Terang. Uh, we talked a little bit about Terang today, that he, he has started out hot, 
went through a one for 18 slump and now on this road trip is six for 12 so he's figured out how to get back into the hitting mode where Joey Weimer started out hot and has gone into a slump and for the most part has had a more difficult time trying to hit his way um, back to what he's normally used to doing would a guy like Garrett Mitchell help those two guys uh, when you don't even think about Garrett Mitchell being a rookie necessarily but just that spark that energy that we're all in this together type thing I'm going to wrap my arm around you two guys and we're do, we're all in this together um, that's something the team was counting on to be sure before that injury and for Garrett you feel for him too because he was really starting to show the makings of him breaking back into it he had the two homer game he had the walk off homer I mean Garrett's going to be a long, big piece of this future. And for him to miss an entire year, not just of being around his teammates in development, but you know, playing big league baseball, seeing big league pitching, it's going to impact him down the line while his teammates are continuing to get ahead and see more pitching uh, in front of him. Now, as we look ahead to tomorrow, and we'll, we'll leave you on this here, Craig, Adrian Hauser likely getting the ball and activated off the I.L., Craig Council has said they are going to go to a six-man rotation for the time being. Uh, for Adrian Hauser, this could be a perfect ballpark for him to make his debut in. Of course, big, heavy air. It's San Francisco. What are you looking out of uh, for Adrian Hauser if he does indeed get the ball tomorrow? Well, uh, he is going to get it. Craig Council did confirm that, and and you'll hear that on the uh, the post game. So that's uh, on his post game comments at the very end. So Hauser is going to get in there, and you know, uh, last year definitely a step back compared to the 2021 season when he went 10 and six, and his ERA was hovering around three. Last year, six and ten with a four seven three. Um, to your point about, you know, a little heavier air, bigger ballpark, kind of being a perfect scenario for him, you know, with his big sinker and everything, you know, you, you just hope that, you know, he's going to be able to make pitches that he needs to make tomorrow um, and lift this team. Can he be a stopper? Does he need to be right out of the gates? Why not? You know, let's get it done and and see what Adrian Hauser has. Look, they've, they've given this guy every opportunity uh, to be successful in in his time here as a Milwaukee Brewer and being in that starting rotation and serving time out of the bullpen as well. Uh, I would hope tomorrow we're going to see a guy that says, it is my time now. I'm going to get out there and I am going to be uh, the that big-time major league guy who's going to take his next big step here and, and have a good remaining of the 2023 season and, and give a lift to this team because they need it right now. They need a lift, and it's got to come from somewhere. Perhaps it'll be Adrian Hauser tomorrow. Craig Kishon Craig joining us here on Brewers Extra Innings. Thanks, as always. We get one more with you tomorrow. All right. Sounds good, Dom. All right. More to come here. Stay with us. Brewers Extra Innings. Brewers fall 4-1. to one. It's six in a row. Ugh. Only so many ways to talk about it. Brewers got two hits from Bryce Terang today. Otherwise, only six hits total. One from Yelich, one from Adamas. I also want to talk about Christian here in a second. But right now, it's time for Who's Hot and Who's Cold. Brought to you by Cider Heating, Plumbing, and Electrical. Trust in your family's comfort at home with Cider Heating, Plumbing, and Electrical. For a limited time, you can save up to $1,000 off an AC or furnace unit. Families helping families since 1912. It's Cider Heating, Plumbing, and Electrical. S-E-I-D-E-R, Cider.com. 
Who's cold? I mean, obviously the Brewers, but let's let's spin this. Let's let's have a little bit more fun with this. How about the Cardinals? They're now suddenly uh, the worst record in the National League. They lost again to the Tigers today, and the Cardinals. Their record is ten and twenty-four, y'all. And now reports coming out today from Cardinals camp that they are now going to try out their five-year, very expensive catcher Wilson Contreras as an outfielder. Wow, that is the definition of cold of what is going on right now. It is ridiculous what's happening in St. Louis. But I refuse. I tweeted this. I refuse to write them off. I refuse to overreact because I made the comparison today that they're going to pull some 1982 stuff on you, fire their manager. I'm not saying Ollie Marmol is on the hot seat. I think their entire front office is on the hot seat right now. But if they fire Ollie Marmol and bring in Yachty, and this is going to be some Harvey's wallbanger stuff, you know, where you know you fire manager, Harvey Keen comes in, and bang, they win the pennant and come one game shy of winning the World Series. I could see that happening with the Cardinals. They've got that voodoo magic down there. I don't know what the heck it is, but they're certainly my cold team. Uh, as for who's hot, right now, you've got to look at what the Boston Red Sox are doing. Boston Red Sox just won their eighth in a row. Ever since beating the Brewers, they have been on a tear. Masahiro, Tadak, uh, Masahiro is, uh been ridiculous. Now we got to see Bryce Harper play against them today as well. The uh, the final was 7-4. to four. The Red Sox are now at 21-14. and 14. The East is quite frankly ridiculous because of the fact that Tampa Bay is still 27 and 7 to this point in the season. Uh, but then you got Baltimore at 22 and 11. 22 and 11 would be leading every division in baseball except for the NL East where the Braves are 23 and 11. So you get my drift there. Then the Red Sox at 21 and 14. They are right there. They are certainly white hot as things stand right now. I want to talk about Yelich real quick. I uh, saw a lot of discourse on the Bird app talking about the, the double down the left field line with uh, Yelich. Folks were assuming he was not hustling after that ball. That is not the truth. Not the truth at all. What I saw from Christian Yelich, I watched this play a hundred times. And I've seen a lot of baseball at AT&T Park, Oracle Park now. And it's a very similar to a Fenway. It's very similar to Wrigley where you have to be prepared for that jut on the wall before it actually straightens up and goes down the line. You have to be prepared for that short carom where it hits off that wall and kicks vertically, you know, 90 degrees out into shallow left field. And that's what I saw Christian Yelich doing. I know folks want to say, oh, he wasn't hustling. We haven't seen him hustle at all. We have been praising his defense all season. And what I saw from Christian there was a guy reading that carom making sure he was not going to overrun the ball. And furthermore, if that ball somehow missed the carom and kept going down the line, it wasn't going to get by him and go into the corner. He was that point. But the only way he was going to get jobbed on that was if the ball landed softly off that wall, which is exactly what happened. And all of y'all who say he conveniently was jogging while he was playing the carom Failed to mention the sprint he hit as soon as he saw that ball stop shorter than he anticipated. And if you go back and watch the video as well, the third base coach was not sending Conforto until he realized the ball came up short. He was not going to send him. So it was a late wave in the last third of his approach to third base. And give Christian Yelich credit. He made a strong throw to the plate. Was it a Joey Weimer, Brian Anderson throw? No, but it was accurate. He did the best he could. It wasn't a lollipop. 
I really like what we have seen from Christian Yelich this year. If you want to aim your vitriol toward him and toward $26 million and all that stuff, that is not the play to do it on. I'm going to defend him as long as I can on what happened on that play. There are other times I understand what you are seeing, but I'm here to tell you that play is not one of them. We cool on that? Cool. Uh, We're going to hear from the manager, Craig Council, here shortly. We'll have highlights a little bit later as well. Brewers uh, are now kind of riding the rail right now. Need to figure something out positively. It's still only May, but would really like to see a good sign moving forward. We're going to talk about Craig Council and his comments coming up in the next segment. It's a loser today for one. I'm Dominic Catronio, 855-616-1620. Again, 855-616-1620. we got another post-game show for you coming up tomorrow. You can catch all of these in your podcast feed at Brewers All Access. That's the feed to subscribe to. You'll also get Brewers 360 every morning from Wisconsin's Morning News. Uh, right now, let's start breaking down what happened in that fourth inning and hear from the man himself, Craig Council. Yeah, I mean that that's basically what happened and um you know, I mean I don't the umpires had different numbers of the number of you know, they had they had two different numbers in the field. And then, you know, we're certainly playing with you know, we were going on two disengagements and a balk was called. Um and they changed the call. Well, we've talked about with the rules, like these situations are gonna come up. Is that a situation where like, would it help to be able to go to New York for replay or the umpires to discuss or review? Well, they, 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 apparently they had two different numbers and they decided that the first base umpire was mistaken. Is, is there an umpire whose job is to track disengagements or is it um, the first base ump's job, right? But Yeah. Is that sort of what frustrated you, that the, that the first base ump was the one that was and he was the guy at the pot, at the plate. Yeah, I mean that's. Yeah, he he apparently apparently they they their their ruling was they took away the disengagement because um, at some point after the disengagement they did a mound visit. In our in my eyes, it wasn't related. It, and the first base umpire didn't see it that way. Um, but. Apparently, one of the umpires did, and that was enough to overturn it. Do you know overturn that the, the disengagement. Do you know if that was, if it's like the crew chief who can kind of. I don't know. I don't know who. I'm not sure. Uh, Yelich fly ball, um, just kind of a microcosm of last week for you there in the 90s. Yeah, I mean, both balls were hit good, and um, Tyrone's ball felt like it was hit good, um, and Yelich's ball was hit good, and. Just, just not enough. What did you think of how Colin pitched? That was his longest start. Of the year? Yeah, I mean, it was just you know the the first pitch breaking ball mistake to Estrada, and other than that, it was very, very solid. I thought he did a nice job. Overall, from the offense during the streak, is it just a, a, a baseball funk around? Like, what have you seen? Well, I, I thought today we ran into a good pitcher. I mean, I thought the guy. I thought. Cobb was his stuff was is good, um, and there's there's just not many great pitches to hit. He, he he's he's pitching very well right now. Um, but overall, yeah, I mean it's you know we've got to do a better job. We're not scoring runs. We're not scoring enough runs. Um, and um, 
you know, so so the the defensive, you know, everything's got to be perfect, kind of on the other areas, and and it just has we haven't been. So we the offense, you know, we all areas can help, uh, but certainly offense taking a little pressure off the other areas um, is is a way to get some wins. Does it just feel like the margins are pretty thin right now? Well, that's yeah. I mean, I think that's that's normal. Close games, uh, play here or there um, have, has been a part of a lot of these games. Um, but that's that's a that's a baseball season and that's a baseball game, and um, so we just got to do a little bit better. Obviously, all 162 matter. But how nice would it be to get one tomorrow? And- well, yeah, I mean, just we're just playing good baseball, playing good, good all-around game. That's that's going to be the goal, as it is every day. And um, um, certainly, uh, you know, that's that's the goal. Adrian, Adrian will pitch tomorrow. Yeah. All right, you heard it from the man himself, Adrian Manana. He's going to be the stopper. For the Brewers, I liked Craig's explanation there. I understand his frustration, like my rants in the very first segment. We've known this was going to be difficult since last September, and it hasn't gotten any easier on these umpires. And this is going to be not far, far from the last time we see something like this with the new rules. They got to figure it out, they got to clean it up. So we'll see what happens in the future. We're going to listen to a couple of highlights from this one after the break on Brewers Extra Innings. Ready for this? Get up! This? Get up! And this? Time for tonight's highlights. Here's Dominic Catronio. Well, less so of that stuff. It took a while for the Brewers to get on the board in this one. Alex Cobb versus Colin Ray. Scoreless in the first inning. Then the Giants got on the board in the bottom of the second. An RBI double from Joey Bart on the heels of a two-out walk. And it was a hanging sweeper there from Colin Ray. That would come back to bite him again in the third inning. Another pitch. Hit high and deep. Left field. Back goes Yelich. Turning around all the way back to the wall. Watching it sail up. Out of here. Two-run home run. Tyro Estrada. The Giants have a 3-0 lead in the third. That's Josh Mauer's call here on WTMJ. All of a sudden, just two pitches or the only mistakes for Colin Ray really on his line. He turned in a quality start. Six innings, and he gave up a total of only four hits. He also retired the last nine batters that he would face in this contest. But the Brewers trying to get something going. They had a man aboard in the fourth inning with Willie Adamas as a leadoff single. Then some controversy after a balk leading to Craig Council getting sent to the shower soon. In a heated conversation with one of the base umpires, and now Craig Council just got thrown out talking with... Crew Chief Chris Guccione, who had come over to try to break up this argument. Whatever was decided, it appears they have revoked the balk call, and the Brewers just can't believe it. Nothing really made sense from that inning. Nonetheless, though, the Brewers could not score a run after uh, loading the bases in that fourth. It was that kind of a day for the Brew Crew offense, not able to solve Alex Cobb, who completed seven strong innings today. Didn't necessarily need a ton of strikeouts. The splitter kept everybody off balance. 14 of 16 in-play outs were ground ball outs today. The Brewers trying to form a rally, though, in the ninth inning after back-to-back leadoff walks to William Contreras and to Brian Anderson. They were suddenly cooking with one out. Owen Miller was at the plate. 1-0 pitch. Line down the left field line. That is a fair ball. 
Around third is Contreras. He will score. It's an RBI single for Owen Miller. They were trying to use John Brebbia at the time. He would be pulled, and they come to the closer, Camilo Doval, for the second straight game. Tyrone Taylor would pinch it. He would sky a deep fly out to center field. Got a lot of it, but not all of it. And then Christian Yelich put an ace swing on this one. Duvall, the 1-1 pitch. Yelich, a fly ball, deep center field. Stevenson back at the track with a play on the running track in front of the 399 sign. He makes the catch, and this game is over. Brewers made it interesting in the ninth, but the Giants have taken the series by a final score of 4-1 here today. It's now six straight losses for the Brew crew. They fall by the final of 4-1. We'll wrap up the program after this. This is Brewers Extra Innings. Okay, let's break it down here. The Sun's going to come up tomorrow. Adrian Hauser's going to take the mound. He's going up against Ross Stripling. I'm going to make a bold prediction here. And if this is only valid if Yelly's in the leadoff spot. Christian Ellis is going to lead off the game and swing at the first pitch. And I'm not going to say it's a home run, but I think he's going to line a double down down the uh, left field line. Okay? He's going to swing at the first pitch tomorrow. I can feel it. I, I think the Brewers are going to spark right out of the gates tomorrow and try to get this losing streak snapped at six games. Now, the upcoming homestand's a big one. They've got the Dodgers coming up Monday through Wednesday, off on Thursday, and then the Royals come to town Friday through Sunday. By the way, speaking of the Royals, congratulations to old friend Lorenzo Cain. Today he officially retired as a Royal, signing the papers, having a pregame ceremony there in Kansas City. It looked like a great turnout for Low Cain. Lean back. Congratulations to him and his family on a tremendous career and, of course, plenty of memories here in Milwaukee with Low Cain. Uh, but again, the upcoming series, this is a big chance for the Brewers to try to generate some momentum because now you get, you know, try to get some momentum heading home for the Dodgers. Then, you know, one of the worst teams in the American League, the Kansas City Royals, who have lost back to back games to the Oakland A's. And then it gets real. The Brewers will head to St. Louis, and I know they're not playing well right now, but you never know when it's going to click. Then they go to Tampa Bay next weekend. So it's not exactly getting easier for the Brew Crew, all right? So this coming weekend, it's Kansas City at home. The following weekend, they're in Tampa Bay. And then after that, oh, it's the defending champion, Houston Astros. And then you see these Giants again before you head up to Canada at the end of the month to go to Toronto. See what I'm getting at here? It's not going to be easy anytime soon for the Brew Crew. So I would love to see some good mojo happening ASAP. For Milwaukee. Tomorrow we are on the air at 2 o'clock in the afternoon with Brewers warm up. Then network coverage will begin at 2.40. And then first pitch is at 3.15 from Oracle Park. It'll be Lane and Josh bringing you all the coverage. And then they'll get on the Big Bird and head on home against the Dodgers on Monday night. We hope you will join us tomorrow. Again, the pitching matchup Ross Stripling against Adrian Hauser on the air at 2. First pitch at 3.15. My thanks to Craig Kishan for joining us as always. He'll be back tomorrow as well. And my thanks to our producer, Justin Pottinger. I'm Dominic Catronio saying good night. The Brewers fall by a final of 4-1. to one. It's six straight losses. But hey, you know what they're going to do. Just keep on swinging.